listening to Legal Talk Network. Welcome to the Legal Talk Network. This is Bob Ambrogi. I'm the uh, host of Lawyer to Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network, but today I'm uh, here with a special report from the Clio Cloud Conference in Chicago. And uh, I'm here with Patrick Pallas. Patrick is a lawyer in Washington State and immediate past president of the Washington State Bar Association. Uh, and Patrick just gave a, well, I was going to say a presentation, but it was really a conversation you had about LLLTs, triple LTs, limited license legal technicians. And so we're going to talk a little bit about what that is uh, and some of Patrick's thoughts on that. So welcome, Patrick. Thank you very much, Bob. It's great to have you here. There are probably a lot of people listening to this who have no idea what a triple LT is. So maybe we could just kind of start with a definition and you can tell yeah. us what we're talking about here. It's kind of a, a tongue tangler, isn't it? So that's why we say triple LTs, limited licensed legal technicians or just uh, legal technicians. And the idea behind legal technicians is that in Washington, we've created a new brand, if you will, a new type of legal professional. Uh, they are licensed and regulated by the Washington State Bar. Uh, they have to go through their course training. Uh, they have to pass their licensure and then continuing with their legal education. And what they get to do is practice law a lot like lawyers, but not as lawyers. They can't go to court. They can't negotiate uh, settlements, but they can help fill out forms. They can help people who are getting through family law matters. Now, I want to emphasize that, that they're only limited to practicing in family law matters uh, in Washington State. Although there is talk about expanding it into other practice areas, I'm assuming, I, I don't know if you're evaluating this or testing this to see how it goes, but I know that uh, in the initial conversations about this program, you talked about expanding it into other practice areas. No, that's right. As, as, as time goes, that discussion has certainly been an important about whether it goes into immigration or into criminal law. Uh, there certainly is a great need in, in both of those areas, so I expect that we'll continue to expand into other areas. Yeah. And uh, so... Why do this? Why did Washington State uh, embark on this uh, Triple LT program? Right. It was, it was part of a 15-year journey of looking at what the unauthorized practice of law is and what the best way uh, to address this huge gap in civil legal need that's out there. And at the end of the day, the decision was made by our Washington State Supreme Court in June of 2012 that the one of the tools that we needed to have in Washington State to help meet this huge justice gap for all those people who aren't able to get access uh, to a lawyer who can't afford legal services. And we're talking, you know, 70% plus of our population in, in the uh, low income or modern income uh, arena that may not be able to get access. So this is a tool in order to give those people an opportunity to have keys to the courthouse, to have access to get some help where they otherwise would have felt shut out of the system because they couldn't afford to get in. And how do they do that? How do triple LTs provide services that are more affordable than what a lawyer would be able to do? Right. I mean, that's some of the magic of this. The, the challenge for lawyers, I mean, it's not that lawyers don't want to help. I and mean, we, we help everybody that we can. And we volunteer and give pro bono time. And it's a big part of who lawyers are. But the reality is there's far more people out there that need help than we can uh, can actually help. And there's real cost to being a lawyer. Law school is expensive, right? There's huge debts that lawyers have. 
Triple LTs are educated at thirteen dollars to $15,000 per Triple LT. It's done in a year's time. They get to be very well qualified and competent and practicing family law. And so with that lower cost, they can come into the market and charge less for those people that need their services. And uh, the uh, Triple LTs, I, I think you said this, but just to be clear, they can actually practice on their own without a lawyer supervision. They can hang out their own shingle, open their own office, set their own fees. What's to say that they're going to charge fees that are any more affordable than what a lawyer charges? I think what's important here is that Triple LTs aren't lawyers. And if you can afford a lawyer who goes to court and, and can handle every aspect of your case and be a strong advocate in court, you're going to take that choice. But unfortunately, a lot of people don't have that choice, and their choice is either not do anything or let the court decide without them or retain uh, somebody like a triple LT or retain a triple LT. Um, and, and they will. Triple LT's prices are lower. I don't think a triple LT really can compete. But I'll say this. There's a number of firms that have looked at triple LTs and said, you know what? I want to bring those people inside of my firm so I can meet the people's needs that need a lawyer and I can meet the needs of those people who can afford a triple LT and we're going to be able to take care of all of them in my firm. And I think it's turned out to be a really good opportunity both for triple LTs, for the public, and for law firms. Yeah, I, I know I've talked to, I've written about this topic for the ABA Journal and I, I know I've talked to some of the triple LTs who were coming out of working as paralegals in law firms and we're going to essentially continue to work in law firms, but we're hoping to be able to provide more affordable services within that firm. Well, I guess that's a real goal of this. You know, I, Washington was the first state and so far the only state to uh, formally license uh, legal technicians. I, I know that you talked in your presentation about the fact that some other states uh, are looking at this and, and similar kinds of programs. What was the uh, reaction of the organized bar of, of lawyers in Washington State to this uh, proposal when it was still a proposal? Well, you can imagine. I mean, I think a lot of people at first glance, a lot of lawyers, believed that the state bar was creating competition for them. And they, they thought in this, you know, downturn economy, what is my bar doing for me? It's creating competition. But the reality is that we as lawyers have a far greater obligation. It's obligation to the public, not to ourselves. And uh, so I think lawyers, once they began to understand that triple LTs were not competition, that they were an additive legal professional to help with this justice gap problem, uh, and in fact, that they may be very useful uh, to lawyers, then that whole idea turned around. It was a key deciding point when the Supreme Court made the order that said, you will have triple LTs. Yeah. At that the, point, the bar the, opposed it right up until that point, the, didn't they, at least formally. It, yeah, the last yeah. vote before the Board of Governors was, was a mixed vote that, that ultimately said no, and then Supreme Court said yes. Uh, and, but once that decision was made, we're all behind it. Everybody goes for it. The Supreme Court says you're going to have triple LTs. We do. And I think embracing that and moving behind it and supporting it and building really a good infrastructure to support that was the best thing that we possibly could have done. Yeah. So the, the triple LTs uh, are regulated in similar way that, that lawyers would be regulated. Can you describe that? Yeah. I mean, we, we really created a, a parallel process. So there is a um, structured, educational, centralized education process and course plan that, that triple LTs get educated through to make sure that they're competent and qualified when they graduate. When they graduate, then they get to take their test for their licensure. If they pass, 
the test under the requirements that we have, then they get their licensure. And then once they get their licensure, they have to maintain their competence by going through ongoing CLEs. There's also a complete disciplinary process for them, and they have the same ethical rules and obligations uh, that lawyers have. So it's a very parallel system to what, what lawyers have. Are they covered by malpractice insurance? They are covered by malpractice uh, insurance. Yeah. You mentioned earlier that triple LTs cannot go into court. There had at some point been, I, I understood there was discussion about proposing to the Supreme Court that that rule be expanded to allow them to go into court on a very limited basis. Is that in the works, what's happened with that It is idea. still an ongoing discussion, yeah. The, the rules have to be modified and have to be written to see what that looks like. But that is one of those things that is, that is on the table right now and may become a reality. So what does this kind of mean for lawyers? I mean, this, this conference we're at here is, is all about the kind of solo and small firm lawyers trying to expand their businesses and, and build up their businesses. Are there lessons in what's happening in Washington State that lawyers can apply in their own practices? You know, I think so. I mean, one of the themes we're, we're hearing here constantly is about collaboration uh, and embracing technology and looking for opportunities, right? It's realizing that we as lawyers probably can't do it all, but when we partner out with, with other professionals, uh, look out in technology to find answers. You know, Clio is here that's partnered up with 50 other uh, tech companies to be able to offer service that we as lawyers can use. So triple LTs are just another tool for lawyers, another tool to better the public to provide these opportunities and access to justice. If there's a message there is, we're making the practice better, we're collaborating, we're using technology, we're leveraging all of these things so we can better serve the public. Yeah, you talked about kind of different business models uh, that law firms could be looking at going forward uh, and uh, again, how the uh, triple LT issue might, might inform that. I wonder if you could just expand on that a little bit. Sure, I mean, I, I think that the, the practice of law has, is the profession has two directions. One is do nothing, stay where we are, be kind of perfection, protectionist and, and not take any steps uh, out into the brave new world that's out there. The other is to fully embrace what we're seeing going on in the economy to not push away those like triple LTs or those trying to, to help in the process, but embrace technology, embrace the opportunities, uh, look for business models that may include startups, look for business models where we can automate, standardize, and I know it's a, a word that people don't necessarily like uh, to hear, yeah. but commoditize the practice of law in addition to this customized legalization that we do with, with trial and, and law. Yeah, you mentioned uh, that one of the things that you, you said there are kind of two options that lawyers can pursue, and, and, and one is to uh, retool their practices in a way to help them retain the market. Uh, and, and you right. alluded to the, the fact that there's a huge underserved market out there uh, among uh, low-income and, and middle-income people. Are you kind of taking a protectionist position in saying that? Are you saying that lawyers need to hold on to this market or that lawyers need to adapt their practices to allow a more liberal understanding of how we serve that market? I guess I come from, from a place where I have two objectives. One is for lawyers to have a sustainable, viable practice and one where they can serve all of the public and not just a, a well-to-do segment that can afford them. 
Yeah. And, and it's, it's that model that I think that we ought to aspire to achieve. And that means that we have to embrace collaboration and technology. We have to look at changing age-old practices of lawyers and be able to offer services in a way that we haven't before. Uh, otherwise, uh, the market shift is going to change from beneath us and, and lawyers are going to be, have a very limited small practice. It's going to be limited to litigation. And that would be unfortunate, I think. Yeah. I mean, there, there are those who, who argue, you know, Jillian Hadfield is the best known person, I think, who argues this, the idea that th there's a, a point below which lawyers really can't afford to deliver services and, and put bread on the table for themselves. That, uh, you know, the, the economies of running a, a law practice and, and paying off loans and, and buying malpractice insurance and all these different things are such that, uh, you know, th there's a point at which you, you kind of have to yield to other forms of allowing legal services to be delivered to the public. What's your position on that? Yeah, I really don't embrace that. I mean, I understand the, the theory of it. I mean, if you have debts and overhead as a business, you yeah. can't do everything for free because you can't survive. I mean, that's, that's common sense. But there's a lot to be said these days for being able to do things like, for example, you know, automated websites where people can ask for information and get information and the website, the computer program can, can give them that information and maybe charge a nominal fee for doing it, right? Yeah. If a, a million people come for $1 for legal advice at a website, that's a million dollars a lawyer makes, right? Yeah, right? I'm not suggesting that that's going to happen quite that way, but the idea is that there are ways that lawyers can offer meaningful legal services at a real value that people can afford and that lawyers can do it without having to take a case from cradle to grave and litigating everything to the end. There's lots of places that lawyers can help and be assistive and make money or give legal services, right? I mean, look what LegalZoom is doing. You come in and you pay $79 for a will, right? Yeah. Why can't lawyers do more of those things? On, in, in my firm, we give away forms, we give away information to people, and if they need more, they can come back. And I think lawyers can use that model. Yeah. The um, Triple LT program in Washington State, I mean, you, during your presentation, put up some information kind of detailing the, the sort of the crisis in, in access to justice in Washington State, and it's the same thing we're seeing in every state all across the country. Right. You know, the, the triple LTs, I think at best, are probably a drop in the bucket uh, in terms of addressing that. Uh, is, is Washington looking at other ways to address this need? I mean, I, I think one of the great things about Washington's program is that it just sort of had the courage to do this and to really try something new and different that nobody else was doing. But what else, what's, what else is coming down yeah, the There's the a number here? of things that we're looking at and doing. Uh, before the triple LT program, we had our moderate means program. And that is a low bono program where we have lawyers uh, that provide legal services at a low bono rate. And we teamed with our law schools to help link lawyers uh, with people in need to provide legal services. And Moderate Means has been very successful in, in helping people uh, find a lawyer and get legal services on a sliding scale. The Triple LT was another piece uh, that we put in place to try to help people of, of low and, and moderate means. We put together a, a Future of the Profession work group and part of that work group for the last two years has been meeting to talk about ways to help change the profession, to make it ready for the future, to be able to provide legal services for people who need greater access. So there's a number of, you know, it's a think tank and a number of programs and our bar continues to push that envelope forward and hopefully be innovators for the country to find programs to provide better access. Uh, Patrick, was there anything else that you wanted to 
mention about uh, the Triple LT program or, or your own presentation today that we haven't talked about? I, know, I think the Triple LT is a really exciting program. I'm anxious to see. I don't have that perfect crystal ball. It's an experiment. And I'm, I'm hoping that it works out well. All indicators are this is going to be a success. And, and I have to tell you, it's part of a, a bigger change that's overtaking law, showing the opportunities that we all have to make this profession greater and better than it ever has and to help the community the way we've always wanted to. And if our listeners wanted to follow up with you, how can they uh, find out more about you and what you're doing? They can always find me at a, a website, which is at palacelaw.com or at Twitter at Palace Law. And I'm happy to talk or chat anytime uh, with anyone. All right. Well, this has been a special report from the Clio Conference, talking with Patrick Palace about the Triple LT program in Washington State. Thanks for listening. This is Bob Ambrogi for the Legal Talk Network. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Consult a lawyer.